So my name is Adam. Uh, I have been with this church since almost the beginning. <clears throat> uh, I actually came into our very first Heart Church service uh, like four weeks after Derek did. So between Derek and I, he went. You win. You win. And what's so funny about the first time I ever went to a Heart Church service is that I thought, I thought Derek just knew everyone because he was just, just one of the founding people. It's just that that's his personality. He just gets right in, and uh, he's, just, he's just like that. Um, so uh, I'll bring Derek's name into play again later. But uh, So I wanted to, if it's all right with you, to go ahead and just to give a little background uh, about myself. So how did we get here? So Crystal and I were serving at another church. Uh, before we came here, but we were like traveling a long time to get there. We were, for about eight years, we were traveling to the Poway Rancho Bernardo area, but we had been living in Escondido. And it was just our heart to serve in the town that we lived in, that our children would be able to make friends in the town that we lived in. It was just really important to us. Uh, so <clears throat> we went ahead uh, and started praying, and then my brother, Jason. So here's something you may not know. So Pastor Shane and I, we knew each other uh, we were, when we were in high school. We went to the same uh, youth group. So uh, we knew some of the same people. We had some of the same foundational understanding of church and God. And God really meant, met us in our youth group at the time. It was a really powerful experience, but we had grown apart. He went up to Washington, and I stayed here in Southern California. Uh, so my brother, Jason, said, uh, well, if you're looking for another church, you know, Shane has started a church in Escondido. I was like, that's weird. Okay, that's, that's great. Shane, Shane's back in town. That's what I was thinking. Shane's back in town. He started a church in Escondido. Uh, so uh, I did what any mature person would do. I went and I cyber-stalked him on Facebook. And I was like, oh yeah, like he's living in, he's living in Escondido. And uh, he is starting a church called, or he has started a church called Heart Church. Well, what I didn't know was that Heart Church was still in its infancy. It was still beginning. I thought it was an established church. And I hadn't actually talked to Shane in a long time. So I went ahead and I um, uh, looked at the website, and it had, it had no information about Heart Church. It said, if you want more information, click on this interest link. I was like, all right, I'm interested. So I clicked it, and I was like, tell us about yourself. I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. Like, I'm trying to be covert. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pop up on any, anyone's radar. So I, put some, so I put some information in. I'm thinking, the church secretary, because I thought it was an established church, uh, is going to read this, and... Uh, and, and will respond, right? And so if you know anything about me, I'm notorious at not checking my email. I never do. I, I, just, I just don't like email. But I sent it off, and it was bothering me all night. Like, I got to check my email. I know, I know I'm going to get a response. I wonder what the church secretary, the church secretary is going to say. And bloop, the next morning, hey, Adam! And it was totally shade. And I was like, oh, I'm caught. He found me out, you know, uh, but that was an awesome, an awesome experience meeting up with Shane. Uh, so Shane was like, why don't you come on out? We're going to have a, uh, uh, we're going to have a service on the bay or on the beach. 
Uh, why don't you come on out? And I was like, Crystal, what do you think? She was like, uh, no. I was like, okay, so you're not interested, but I'll, I'll get, if you know Crystal, those things come out of her mouth all the time. I said, you know what? I'm just going to take uh, my kids. And so we go and, and I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm like a little shaky. My knees are a little, a little one of these, right? And I'm going to meet people that I've never met before other than Shane. And there's Shane. He's, you know, he's coming towards me. He sees me. He's coming towards me. And he's doing one of these trots, like, like he's in Baywatch, you know? And I'm just like, all, all my roundness, like tr- shuffling through the dirt, right? And I'm like, and he like hugs me and he, and he brings me in. And he, I think what he said was, you know, my friend Adam is coming and I want you to make him feel welcomed. Because right behind him, was a man named Phil. And he came up. I didn't know Phil from Adam, right? <laughs> and he came up and he just like gave me this big old hug and a smooch on the cheek. I had no idea who this man was. And he was like, we're so happy you're here. And I have to tell you, at that moment, I was in love. I knew, I knew, I knew this was the place for me. I knew, I just knew it. Uh, Crystal didn't feel it right away. But she eventually got, she eventually got there. Um, and I love that. I love that we have a Phil who runs towards people and embraces. And we have a Derek. And I have to tell you, so the first time I met Derek, he was just sitting there. And, you know, he's like controlled enthusiasm. And he's just like, come over here. Right? And so he's just chatting me up. Two different personalities who just brought me in to the fold. Amazing. Uh, Also, if you know anything about me, this is so unspiritual, so forgive me here. One of the things I love, and it's a guilty pleasure, I love to watch videos on YouTube. All sorts of videos. One of my favorite videos is so bad. If you can edit this out, that'd be great. I love it when people fall down. I love it. Have you you seen, like, the, the supermodels and they're like, and then they trip, and they get back up. Like, it's, it's the best. Beyonce falling downstairs. I love it. It's just funny. You just rewind it, fall back up, rewind it. And, my, and I watch it with my kids, and we just, we have a good time. But my other favorite thing, and it, I love it so much that the algorithm on Facebook automatically pulls videos for me. I love animal videos, all sorts of animal videos. And my favorite, above all, are cats. Because, because cats are sweet. And they're finicky. They're adorable, and they're the devil at the same time. You know, and one of my favorite videos, and there's a lot of them, it's just when there's an established cat in a house. He owns the house. He's been there forever. And then the owner, for some reason, decides, we're going to get a puppy. And so they bring in the puppy, and the cat's always like, jeez. You're like, why did you bring this? And they're always very, like, skeptical of the dog or the puppy. But then they do these cuts in the video where the cat is getting closer to the puppy, right? And the puppy is starting to lean into the cat. And before you know it, they're, they're friends. They cut like an, uh, to a year later, and they show them that they're sleeping together. They're following each other around. Two, two creatures that you would think would, that should not get along are family. You know, and I, and I look at that. I think, here's Phil, right, like out there with with his heart on his sleeve. And then we have Derek, who, is, who loves everyone, but it's, but it's restrained and it's like, it's focused, you know, and there they are right there sitting beside each other. 
and they love each other. And where else, where else does this happen except in the body of Christ? Where people from, from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different ages can come together and we have a common love. We have a common heart, you know. Um, <clears throat> so uh, uh, Shane said, you know, just make sure that when you tell your stories, it's like five minutes, you know, and like, you don't want to bore them. And all I have is stories. <laughs> all I have is stories. And all I have is the testimony that, uh, that I have through Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. And so I'm going to share a few stories. I'm going to f- share a few thoughts, and I'm going to pepper it with Scripture to make this uh, sermon legal. But here we go. Um, so today's message is you belong. This is those two words. That's such a powerful concept that you belong. And if you, if you really listen to Shane's messages over the years, you'll see that that idea, that theme has been peppered in the last two or three years, that you belong. No matter what your background is, no matter what you've done, no matter what you look like, that you belong in the house of God. You belong in God's family. So why, so why do we hit that? Why do we hit that message so much? And I'll tell you why. It's because we struggle with that. And it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. The internal conflict inside is always, is this where I belong? You know, <clears throat> will I be accepted? And if you go even deeper, the next set of questions don't have really to do with people. It has to do with God. God, do you even see me? Do you remember me? And even people in church are still wrestling with the idea, God, do you even love me? Do I matter to you? And so these are the thoughts that roll around in our head, even sitting in a service like this. In fact, there are some of you who are asking themselves, like, I'm coming to church just because that's the right thing to do, but do I belong here? Is this my home? Should I just give up church altogether? <clears throat> and, you know, and some of these thoughts, they come from life insecurities, things that we've gone through. There's enough truth in it to sound like, I'm sorry, there's enough truth in it to sound like that, that maybe we should give up. We've had enough bad experiences that we should just call it quits. <clears throat> And I, I totally get that, but I also believe, so in our house, in my house, we don't really talk much about the devil. He's totally real, but we don't give him more attention than he deserves, right? But the thing is about the devil is that he is real, and not all thoughts that uh, enter your head come from yourself. Some of these thoughts that, that we struggle with are things that are whispered uh, into the uh, ears of our heart. Things like I'm not smart enough. People are, people are talking about me. People don't understand me. But the thing is that the devil takes some truths and he just twists it a little bit. He perverts it. He's like, yeah, you know, in the past, you didn't belong in that church. Or maybe you did get hurt in the church and it's like, it's always going to be like that. 
That's just, that's just how it is. People are going to fail you, right? So he takes a small bit of truth, twists it, whispers it, and it just speaks to all of your insecurities. Uh, and so we just like ruminate over these lies. That's all he does. The devil is just a liar. That's just like his number one power is that he's a liar. Have you guys ever seen Lord of the Rings? One of my favorite, favorite movies. Um, so there is a character by the name of Smeagol, right? And he is obsessed with something called the Ring of Power. And it's just, all it does is lie to him. All it does is feed in uh, to his insecurities. And you know what happens? He's twisted. He's completely twisted. For years and years, he's holding on to this ring, and he's obsessing over it. He ends up just in a cave, alone. The ring of power separates Smeagol from his community, right? And I feel like that's what the devil wants to do with us. He, he, just, he just wants to feed lies until we're like, you know what? Heart church, smart church. No, I'm out of here. Or any church. You know what? The, the body of Christ, it isn't all that. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dip. This is the strategy of the enemy to get you alone. The devil will have you alone in a cave if he could. And I want to just uh, bring your attention to, attention to Luke twenty two thirty one. 31. I, wanna, I want you to think about this. Jesus is talking to Peter. So if you're a note taker, Luke twenty two thirty one, 31. And Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that I may sift you as wheat. And so I don't know if you know about this, but sifting wheat, that was the process of which removing the grain from the chaff, right? So, and the way you did it is that you shook it violently. That's how you separate it. And so what Satan is saying is that he wants, this is, I believe, what he's saying to us, is that he wants us to shake us in our faith so forcibly, in such a forcible manner, that we lose faith, that we fall, or we give up. And so here's a story, some story time. I want to validate this with a story uh, that, that I went through. Uh, so Crystal and I were on staff years ago at a church. It was a beautiful church, meaning I love the people and I love the leadership. Uh, and we had a good thing going. Uh, I was learning, we were growing, but unfortunately... Um, some bad things happened within, within the church staff, uh, and it just, Crystal and I just became collateral damage uh, in that instance. And it had nothing to do with us, but we were injured and we were totally hurt. And I had been in that church since I was 15 years old. I had, I had no dreams of leaving it. I just thought, this is the local church God has called me to. I don't see us leaving ever. I just loved it. <clears throat> But when, but when this occurred, uh, it was like, I don't know if you've ever had something so beautiful or so precious in your hand that it just, it's like blows away like ash. I, I don't know if you've ever had that kind of disappointment where you just feel completely smashed. And that's what happened to me. That's what happened to Crystal. You know, it was, it was devastating. And we didn't know what to do. We got counsel from our pastor and 
he was super sweet. His wife was super sweet. Uh, but we agreed that in order for us to survive, that for, in order for us to heal because of this particular circumstance, that we had to leave. And we understood it. It made perfect sense. But my gosh, to leave everything that you built for yourself, that's what happened. We, we were kind of like, we just left. And so, my, again, my brother Jason, who was going to another church in the Rancho Bernardo area, and he was like, you just, just come to our church. And, you know, we went because that was the right thing to do. And don't think for one second I thought, I'm going to take a sabbatical, a long, long vacation from church because I am over it. I am done I don't want to feel like this anymore. In fact, I was so broken up over my experience in church that I didn't even like happy people. <laughs> happy people annoyed me. So we go to this church, Chris and I call it the church of beautiful people, because I felt so ugly in the inside that everyone was beautiful, and they actually really were beautiful, good-looking, handsome, beautiful people. And it just irked me so much. They were full of joy. They were full of joy. And I was, I was in such a dark place within my heart that I, I would just mock them. I would go home and I'd be like, oh, you know, that character, right? Like I was just in such a, such a horrible place. We were there for three months and we loved the church because it was huge and we could get lost in it. All we wanted to do was go to church, check in, check out, you know, maybe get moved by a good song every now and then. And well, yeah, Chris and I had been on the worship team. I had been on a worship team since I've been 15, since I was 15, right? And so we go to this church and we do no ministry. And for three months, we're just sitting there. And we talk about like, is this, is this where we're, we're supposed to be? And then one day, the church, um, the church assistant, the pastor's assistant comes up to us with a card and it said, uh, you're invited to attend the pastor's small group. Oh, and we knew there were small groups, but were we ever going to go? We were never going to go. We had no interest whatsoever. And so Crystal and I just had it in our hand. And then one day in that week, Crystal just said, if the pastor says, come to my house, you go. And we were like, that's right. That's right. We're, we're going to go. And I was horrible for like a year. Horrible for like a year. I know our small groups are amazing, but could you just imagine me sitting there with my arms crossed, you know, smirking, laughing? I don't even know why they kept me. So for like a year, I was there just res resisting in all ways, being rude, mad dogging the pastor while he was talking. You know, I'm talking mad dog where it's like, you're not, you, I'm bulletproof. Come at me, bro. You know, come at me. Or, or like, almost like I was a, a bratty teenager. You know, I dare you to love me. Like, what? <laughs> it was like one of those. So, um, but I tell you, like, funny. The funny thing about healing is that sometimes healing isn't like overnight. You know, and I think that's what we want. We want this like quick work. We want something miraculous to happen on the moment, on the fly. <clears throat> but because of our trauma and because of our experience. The pastors had us in their small group for two and a half years. And we felt the love starting to flow again. We started to feel something shifting in our hearts. And, you know, it's easy to be like, you know, the Lord did it. And he did. The Holy Spirit did it. 
but he did it through people. He did it through making friends within our local church body. So for two, I always say this. I say my pastor and his wife, they never saw the best of us. They did all the work. They did all the work and never actually saw the best of us. They restored us back to ministry, which was great. But after two and a half years, we moved on to other small groups. And that's when we began to flourish. You know, and I'm sure they heard reports, but they never, they never saw it. You know, <clears throat> I want to just say, uh, sometimes people get healed quickly. But in my experience, the healing process is long. And it is, for real, a journey. Often healing comes through people. Hebrews 10, 25, the writer of Hebrews says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but be encouraging to one another. This is, this is the blueprint that God has given us. He wants us to lean in even when it's hard. Even, even when you feel like you've lost everything. We stayed within that church for seven years and we attended various groups and God restored us back to ministry. In fact, we were in such a good place at the end of our stay over there that we spoke to our pastors and they blessed us when we left because we went to go help Crystal's family at another church. We were restored and we were ready to give and to work again. And that would not have happened had we just said, I'm going to have church by myself in my house, just me and my wife. The healing came when we leaned in and had difficult conversations and was able to let people to say to us, um, I hear you, but you're wrong. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. I hear the pain that you're going through, but you're missing the mark. You know, and it's, and you don't get those conversations when you have church by yourself. You don't get, you don't get other, another perspective. If it was just me and Crystal, we would just be in our own little bubble, confirming ourselves in our hurt. Right? But we need, I need my brother Ivan. Like Ivan reached out to me a couple of weeks ago at a low point and just said, I'm praying for you, right? And I was just like, Ivan, you have no idea what that means to me. <clears throat> the restoration of our lives hinged on us committing to go the distance, even when it was uncomfortable and we felt out of place. And I am, I was reminded of a great story from John chapter 9, 1 to 35. And I'm really, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's, it's long, but I'm going to at the end hit uh, on John 9, 31, John 9, 35. But this is a story that we're all familiar with, with. There was a man who was born blind. This is what the uh, scriptures tells us. And the controversy around him and within that culture, the question was, well, is he blind because he sinned 
Or is he blind because his parents sinned? Right? Like, could you imagine living your entire life with that kind of controversy? And he was a beggar at that. So everyone saw him every single day. They knew exactly who this guy was and from what family he came from. And he was a beggar. And that was the thing that people wanted to talk about. Like, I don't know what he did. I don't know what his parents did. So this is a man that has been rejected and ridiculed. And then one day, Jesus comes, and Jesus does what Jesus does, right? He sees him, comes across, and like, kind of remember, this man was ridiculed and just made fun of. And Jesus did something that most people would be offended with. Jesus made mud, and do you know how he did that? It wasn't through a, a bucket of water. He spit on the ground and mixed it picked it up and put it on the man's eyes. And he was like, now go wash. And the dude was like, yeah, that's gross. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go wash. But he never saw Jesus. And he took off, washed, and he could see. God miraculously healed him. Jesus touched his life. And he never saw Jesus. He never saw Jesus. He was blind when he encountered him. He goes back home and there's like this big kerfuffle <laughs> with, with the community. And in fact, they were even like, no, that's not the guy. That can't be the guy. He's a sinner. The, he, we've known him all his life. This is not the right guy. They take him to the church leaders and the church leaders confirm that this man is a fraud and that he is, and he's still a sinner. A miracle is in front of the church leaders and they still won't acknowledge it because they don't want to give any glory to this guy named Jesus of Nazareth, right? And what's wonderful, if you look at John chapter 9 and just go to the v- verse 35, it says, when Jesus had heard, they had thrown him out. Jesus went out and found him. Jesus heard someone was being mistreated. Someone was rejected, and he went out to make it right. Not only did he heal his body, but he goes to restore the man back to himself, to make sure that his soul is well. <clears throat> and this is, this is the message for you, that Jesus is concerned, cares, and loves you, and he's after your He's after your soul. He's after your heart. No matter where, no matter what you've been through, no matter what soul-crushing experience that you have walked through, God is after you. You matter. This is what Jesus is saying. And if you have to, close your eyes and think this through. Jesus says, you matter. You are not lost. Jesus is saying to you, you are accepted. Jesus is saying you were worth searching out. Jesus is saying to you, you are not alone. That you belong here. I don't know how that makes you feel. But to me, that's, that's, that's life-giving. It's life-giving. Jesus went after you.
I want to encourage every single person, if you're struggling with those thoughts, I would say God has a better word for you. You feel like you don't belong? You belong. You feel like you're never going to get your healing? You will get your healing. You've been brokenhearted? That's God's speciality. He's in the heart-mending business. This is what he does. He does it so well. Uh, so the three things that I would say that, we would, that Crystal and I have taken away walking through healing and figuring out if we belong is that you, would, you just go to church. That's number one. And you're all doing it. You're all here, so you got number one down. You go to church. The magic is step number two, and that's a, that's a small group. That's finding yourself a small group of, uh, of people that you can really lean into. And I'm telling you, the first small group that we went to, I didn't feel it. I, I resisted it. I, I just didn't feel I had anything in common with them. But we don't give up. We keep going. And we found a small group that we, that we blended into, and, and it worked out. And three, if you're feeling like you don't belong, find a place to serve. Find a place to serve in the body of Christ. You know, I was just talking to, to Melody. Uh, I hope you don't mind calling you out. And she just said, you know what? I think I found a place. I've been here for a while, and I, and I found a place to serve. And, and she, she had such a smile about it. Like, I found, I found it. I, I know what I'm supposed to do while I'm here at Heart Church. You know, and I can go around, and I can, I can look at various people and see, like, where you've served. And where you serve is where you shine. It's, it's where you put into practice the things that God has, God has done in, in you, right? All right. That's basically it. <laughs> that's, all I, that's all I got. Um, I want to pray over everyone here, and I want to uh, pray this scripture um, over this congregation today. Lord, I just thank you. Oh, hold on. Crystal and I, we love praying for people. Uh, Being prayed for, at least for me, it's more than just having someone taking my requests and concerns up to the Lord. It's actually, I'm impacted by prayer because someone took time out of their life to speak to God on my behalf. You know, so that's, that's, Crystal and I love it. In our small group, we run a small group. If I could pray all night, except for the fact that I know some people have to leave, <laughs> right? I love it. Here at Heart Church, Crystal and I, if, if you ever want prayer, that's what we're there for. There are people who are called and anointed to do that. I look at Josh and Charlesy. They are amazing at praying. I look at Estella and Joe. They're amazing. That's, that's what they want to do. They want to they take your concerns on your behalf to the Lord. And I, and I, and I would say, like, especially in a, a conversation like this, where it's easy for me to end it, and then you walk away, and you're thinking, but I still don't feel like I belong. You know, if you want to talk to someone, if you want prayer, you come up to Crystal, you come up to me, you come up to Shane, come up to the the council. And we would love to agree with you in prayer. 
you know, I come from a I come from a background where there's an altar call, and then the piano player comes up, and you have time, you pray for people, and you minister to needs. But I'm I'm saying like God's not um, uh, chained to a piano. You know, we could end this, and you could still get prayer, and God could still meet you in your seat. God could still meet you today. So if you need prayer, I want you to come up to us. Uh, come up to anyone and just and just ask, like, just ask for prayer. It's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm feeling a little bit lost. I'm feeling a little bit, like, like you know, Shane was talking about last week, uh, being on the boat, and you're just, like, in that wave, and it's because you're not moving, you know, and maybe maybe you just need to get moving, and maybe you need people to speak life into your, into your life, so... Uh, allow us to do that. Lord, I just thank you for today. I thank you for Heart Church. I thank you for the beautiful people uh, that attend this uh, this house, Lord. And I, I ask God that I, I feel like this message was placed on my heart because you're saying something. I feel like, Father, there are people here who are just questioning, where am I? Where am I? Do you see me? And I And I'm hearing you say, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. Jesus is saying, I ran after that man. I went and found him. Jesus knows you've been mis, um, mistreated. Jesus knows that you've been misunderstood. And he is looking for you and he has found you. You're not lost. So Lord, I just pray just there will be a spirit of uh, of just, you just confirm, Lord, what you're what you're doing uh, uh, with those individuals who are who are thinking these things about where they belong and where they need to be, Father. Uh, number six, twenty four through twenty six. I I pray this over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious towards you. The Lord turn His face to you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, everyone.